In the vast landscape of personal transformation, every individual's journey is unique, filled with diverse experiences, struggles, and triumphs. Recognizing the power of storytelling as a catalyst for growth and connection, a journal club emerges as a vibrant space for people to gather, share, and inspire one another along their transformative paths. Welcome to the Pond Journal Club, a space where participants bring their narratives to life, weaving together the threads of their personal journeys. The club serves as a platform where individuals can openly express their emotions, reflect on their challenges, and celebrate their achievements. It is a space where vulnerability is embraced and participants find solace in knowing that they are not alone in their transformations. The purpose of this journal club extends beyond mere storytelling. It fosters a sense of community, providing a supportive network for individuals who share similar aspirations and experiences. By actively participating in the club, participants create connections and forge meaningful relationships based on empathy, understanding, and shared growth. As members take turns sharing their stories, the journal club becomes a wellspring of inspiration. Each perspective serves as a source of motivation, offering valuable lessons, insights, and strategies for overcoming obstacles, pursuing personal growth. Ultimately, the live journal club serves as a transformative catalyst, empowering individuals to embrace their stories and take ownership of their personal growth. It cultivates a safe and nurturing space where narratives intertwine, fostering empathy, encouragement, and the unwavering belief that everyone has the potential to grow, evolve, and find fulfillment in their transformational journeys. So welcome to the Pond Journal Club. We are honored to have your attendance and hope this experience provides value to your personal journey. I'm Uncle Lou, and I am a co-facilitator with Brian Wesley Harrington for today's set. Uh, as a reminder, this is a live and recorded event for who have registered and will be streamed later on the Don't Be Coy podcast. Cameras are optional, but we ask all of you to mute your microphones and use the hand raise function um, if you would like to speak. So to start, we'll just do some brief introductions. My name is Melvin Smith, also known as Uncle Lou, uh, he, him pronouns. And today my wellness score, I would say is really about an eight, eight out of 10. Um, it's been a really good, um, I would say the week started relatively low, but now that I'm feeling like I'm getting into my footing, getting into my new routine, overall things are going really well. And with that, I'll pass it to you, Brian. Hello everyone, I'm Brian Wesley, he, him pronoun, and I am a... 10 out of 10 today. I'm doing extremely well. I started my doc program this week was the first official week and it has been challenging. It's like trying to put my ass, but being in the class, um, in the classes, I'm talking to my peers. I had lunch with three of my professors this week, just randomly ran into them in the cab. And it felt like I was sitting with my colleague as opposed to my superiors. And it just felt right. It felt right. Every day I was there, it felt right. I shouldn't be here with them having these discussions. But when I was in class, I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. I want to be the person leading this class. Even though it was a, a tough week and it's a lot of new experiences, things to get used to, like figuring out where to park, just little stuff that adds stress to, to your life. It's been a 10 out of 10 because it feels so right and so good. Super excited about this. And uh, yeah, 10 out of 10. I love that for you, man. And I don't want to jump too far ahead because obviously Irenia has to do her introductions. But I think 
that is a really good testimony to what we're talking about today um, about habits of or transformation. And because you've been working a lot over on um, the past couple of years on yourself, on your career, on just really just how you exist and show up into this world and taking these little steps to lead you to the place that you are now, um, in your new chapter of your life. I'm really glad that it's it's been a smooth transition for you. Yes, I got a testimony to tell for sure. Iranian Bob, pronoun she, her wellness score at 10 because I just love being in a mess. It gives me a good speech. I love being in the city and it's going to be working towards like a new chapter. And I like being here because I know that's what I'm doing. So feel good. All right. That sounds great. Today, as we always, want to just kick off a little bit of an icebreaker. Um, as we were saying earlier, our topic for today is building habits for transformation. And our first poll question is, how do you define expressing gratitude or appreciation? I define gratitude as being thankful in spite of. I'm churchy. I grew up country Baptist and they talk about they give thanks for all things, which is wrong actually don't give thanks for all things just give thanks in all things because who's going to get thanks for their grandmama that like this lord thanks for taking my grandmama no but you give thanks at all things to me and the same example gratitude would be lord thank you for the 83 years i had with her this hurts me but i'm thankful for those times and i'm thankful for those memories gratitude to me is being thankful in spite of whatever situation is around you and when meaning it and truly meaning it and allowing it to, to shift or shape your perspective. Yeah, I really like that. When I think of what I like about that is it helps in scoping my definition of appreciation in the sense of, to me, it's like appreciation is um, showcasing your heart, um, being vulnerable and expressing how you feel about something. If someone does a kind gesture of showing your appreciation or in whatever way is the most authentic for you, like sometimes it might be just saying the words, sometimes it might be not necessarily returning the favor, but expressing that appreciation and gratitude toward showing that they care and showing an act of kindness. I'm digging everything y'all see and I feel the same way. But I also, I show grat gratitude through acts of service, the best. I do express it uh, through words, but sometimes I can express it better through different things like art or showing up or you know, just being there and being quiet. I don't know. Those are the things that I like to do. Oh, yeah. and you, when you brought up that about why acts of service, it made me think about love languages and their relation to gratitude. For me, my top love language is worst affirmation. Okay. If you give me that, you just bought me a Louis bag. Now, I, I will take the Louis bag still. But the worst you think just bought me a Louis bag. Yeah. Me that. I know that my hair looks good before I walk out of the house. I know my skin is glowing. But you told me how I made you feel. Like, that for me means so much. Yeah, I really like that. And I really liked what you talked about as far as being present. Um, Because I know... We all have busy lives and life just makes it seem like things get busier, but like taking that moment to be present, like express that gratitude or appreciation. I think that's a, an important factor in itself. And yeah, thank you for bringing that up. You're so welcome, Riley. So in jumping into our topic discussion, Around the same conversation around building those habits of transformation, learning about how we define expressing gratitude and appreciation. 
when it comes to actually practicing gratitude, which are you most likely to taking a moment each morning to mentally list three things you're grateful for, make it a habit of intentionally expressing appreciation to loved ones and friends, or reflecting on challenges you've overcome and finding lessons of growth within them? For me, I think the last one. I don't have much of a morning routine. I want one, um, but I don't have much of one. It's just, it's uh, really chaotic in the morning for me. I'm out of rushing, um, but when I do have a slow morning, I can just get up and not have to be somewhere. It's nice, so I want to get a routine. I probably don't reach out to people enough to let them know how much I appreciate them, and I'm thankful for them, and I should do that more. But what I do a lot of is reflected on past challenges and how I overcame them and finding the lessons. I love to think back to certain situations and, you know what, that was tough, but because that happened, I now know this. I now I learned this through that. Well, I do that a lot, a whole lot. Irene and I were talking before we came, we went live. I was telling her about just glad I took it long that I did to start this program because now I have so many stories to tell the master's level students that I'm supervising. And I have so many practical tips to give them because I had to overcome those things myself. I reflect on those challenges that I'm like, but I know now to tell them, when you have this go on, this is what that possibly means. And here are some ways you can navigate this situation. But yeah, I think I do the last one most. I don't think I show a lot of appreciation towards myself. I feel like I give it so much to people to where now I have to like reevaluate. Was I giving too? I know it's, I was giving too much and not filling my cup. But when it comes to my son, the way that like, like every time he get off the bat, I like do like words of affirmation. Let him know like the meaning of his name. He's powerful. He's the best baseball player and bowler. And showing him that I appreciate him and thankful for him. I do that all day long with him. But I don't think I do that with myself. And like talking about this, I'm like, why don't I? Like, why don't I think about myself how I think about others? That is, I think we should park right there for a minute. Yep. Oh, put a pin in it. We should put a pin in that. How often do we show gratitude to ourselves for where we are in our journeys? With being in this program and moving and stuff, and just this whole year, it's just been a lot of like little changes for me. And I've been trying to do just that. I've been trying to acknowledge like who I am. Because when people give me comments, they say, oh, even at work, they'd be like, oh, it was just so good, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, y'all, I just showed up. I mean, I just, this is what we do. We're at work. To me, it's, it's nothing. But when people talk to me and they're talking about how amazing that was or, or how this was, and they're, and they're showing me, they're, they're essentially like giving me props or whatever, you have, whatever you want to call it. I don't ever stop to be like, you know what? Yeah. I am pretty good at this, or I am amazing, or Brian, you are doing good for, in this area. I don't show myself gratitude for what I've learned, how far I've come. And I think that's a big missing piece. I think that's a missing piece. So I don't know what we're going to do, Irene. I don't know if we're going to put ourselves on a little schedule to where we're going to tell ourselves three things for a day. Or I, don't, I don't know what we're going to do, but we got to figure out something. So it's something I'm not waking up on social media. I think I'm going to do the whole, like, tell three things that I appreciate about myself. Yeah. And try to be consistent with that. I want to read. I'm going to do, I'm not going to read. I'm going to listen to books about understanding this journey. I'm all with myself. I'm going to listen to that. And 
enjoy more podcasts of Don't Be Coy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you, you know, I'm often with Brene. Brene Brown is one of my favorite white women in the world. She's, she's really number one. Aside from my good friend, Nancy, Brene Brown is like number two. And then call Eddie from home, fix her up or whatever you call her, Joanna Gaines. She's number But Brene Brown is the social work professor. And she does a lot of work with shame and gratitude and vulnerability. As I would say, if you like her, listen to You Are Your Best Thing. She only wrote the introduction, but her and Tarana Burke, they edited this book of essays, stories, and it's about shame and Black joy and resilience. And it is so good. And like they're, the stories, they're short enough for you to listen to in one sitting but they're long enough to give you so much from each one. And I would recommend that to you. I'm going to do the same. I'm going to text you. Yeah, I'm going to do the same. I'm going to I'm gonna take out moments to Because we really have, like, we've done some shit that we should be praying. Yeah. We've taken care of ourselves. We've put in work to be better. Yes, we got a job. Yeah, we got, like, job, like, we're, we're insured. Yeah, it. Yes. And we just talked about it on social media and how you know, mm-hmm. how's that packing out there. So like we're making steps towards being better. And we should be thankful to our, ourselves for that. And we should say at least one thing we're granted about ourselves. Gratitude. We should. We should. Uh, for me, I am grateful for how I deal with like tough situations and still stick it out. And I have not been like, you know, broken to where I can't come back. I always find a way to come back and grow even stronger. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. I appreciate that I don't let how others, that I don't let others love the way they love or lack their effective way I show up and love people. And I'm thankful that I have a heart to try to find something good in everybody and to focus on that and let that guide our relationship, even where they're difficult to be around and work with. I try to find soft day. And so I haven't always been given that, but I'm glad and I'm so thankful, Brian, that you don't let that determine the way you show up and love people and treat people. Yeah. I'm very thankful for that. I would say that I'm most thankful of, despite being an introvert and engaging with people sometimes, giving me great anxiety, my ability to form authentic connections with people and build community and network. Part of the reason why I say that is in every aspect of my life, both personally and professionally, um, that growth and that development has come from the support of some type of community or some type of network. And I think for me, it's always been just showing up to a space and like being my most authentic self, despite being anxious or um, having anxiety about entering a new situation with new people, not trying to accommodate or transform to what I feel that space wants and just being who I am. And through that, that has really fostered some really great relationships. And I, I am grateful for that. Melvin, I didn't, you told me before that you're an introvert, but I really, I guess because I don't see that, I forget that you are. And you do it so well. You forge, you build relationships so well, and you know how to network with people so well. I've seen you do it. We were powering out. He is. He is. I appreciate that. I do want to take a moment, though, to as we were talking about building those habits, taking a moment to like 
realize that you want to appreciate something. I'm curious, Brian, if this would be a really good opportunity for you to um, tell a little bit more about your testimony and the sense of um, transition into your doctorate program and what that kind of preparation was like for you. Both like, obviously, there's the whole GRE application, interview. We all know that kind of stuff. But like the internal process, like making that decision that you're going to make that shift because you had a job, you had a career, yeah. but then deciding that not necessarily you want more to where you were was like beneath you or anything, but you wanted to expand your range and expand your influence and like how you, I guess you could say, built those muscles or built those habits to where when you are in that space, you feel like you are where you belong. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've always wanted a PhD. I didn't know in what, but I knew I wanted one. And so my first school, as a believer, I just always feel like God has a way of getting a message across to us, even where we're, we don't really want the answer he's given us. Like we don't want to control our own thing. So I was working in Belzoni as a school counselor, loved it, but I knew I wanted to be close to the home and I was worried my principal was going to leave. So I went to a high school in Madison County, which is like A-rated school district, blah, blah, blah. So I was excited, got there and was miserable. And well, it was bad. And the kids and families were awesome, but it was my, the office itself. And I said, I'm just going to leave and I'll go to another school. I'll go back to Belleville. I just drive. And then I got a job offer from a school in Rankin County, another A-rated school district. I went there and it started off beautifully. And then that went to shit. And I'm like, in both situations, like I'm not saying I'm perfect, but in both situations, I literally did nothing but show up and do my job to the best of my ability. Uh, I'm an overachiever. So I'm going to always do more than what's expected. I'm like, why do I keep having it? And so those situations made me have to stop and be like, okay, change of schools didn't help. What's up? And after some thought, prayers and talking to different people, they're like, Brian, you just, you're too big for one school. I, we feel like you may be doing me to do something else. And so I met with this lady about a specialist program. And she told me, I don't think you'd be a good fit for this program. And I'm thinking like, whoa, rejection. My credentials are pretty good. My resume, I'm a state level officer. Like, what? And she followed up by saying, you're a perfect candidate for our PhD program. You are the kind of student we look for. And I was like, whoa, okay. So that was the start of maybe I should stop and go do this now. Then come, I have a job with benefit and a place to look like, I have to give up a salary to go be a poor college student again. Like what? I'm gonna have to move. And I just moved earlier this year. Like all of these, can I really do the program? And I'm gonna stick with the research component. Like all of these things start to come up as, should I do it? And of course, there's a book by John Cuff called Soundtracks. And he talks about how these thoughts come in and they're just all a loop in our head. And we have to change the soundtrack. So I had to literally do that and have to combat the thoughts of Brian. Yes, you're giving up a salary, but if you do this at the same time as work, pay for school, like it's literally gonna, you'll have little $400 more a month. So that took out that thought. Can I do the program? You did a bachelor's at a master's program all while working. You're not a dummy. You can read. You can write. There's, you can do it. So I talk to myself and affirm myself 
throughout the application process. And like you said, the GRE and all that stuff, I had to constantly affirm myself. And so once I got accepted into the program, at the end, it was like, okay, I'm really doing this. I have to move. I couldn't find an apartment in Austin. Through them, I'm like, I'm just thinking of all this stuff. And I had to finally realize, okay, why do I want this PhD? I know I want to be a professor. I don't want to be able to do private practice work. I know I wanted, my purpose is to, my purpose in life, I feel is to change the landscape of education and improve the lives of young people through school, education, and mental health. This PhD is a huge step in me doing that. And when I keep my why right here in the forefront of my mind, it helps me power through the high. So trying to find an apartment, worried about money, like all these different houses that pop up, what I just supposed them to guess, the why always wins. And the why makes me want to, okay, let me figure out if I got to go work at Amazon for four hours a night, three days a week, if that's what I got to do to get to this, keep my why at the forefront, I'll do it. Because it helps, it, the why helps me power through the how. Okay, answer the question. Being here now and the more I interact with my professors and my colleagues, it just feels like I'm in the right space because the lead is a step closer to me fulfilling my purpose. When you're not, when you don't know your purpose and you're not working towards or walking in it, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of restlessness, a lot of confusion, unrest. And those are all things I felt, even in those moments of happiness at work, because I loved being a school counselor. I loved working with my kids, but I still had all of those feelings. And now I don't have them as much uh, because I'm working towards that purpose. And is this tough? Absolutely. But again, having my why in the forefront of my mind helps me power through all of those hows. And I know it's going to help me power through any how that comes in these next three years. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And I, I appreciate that because I think that it's a really good pivot toward that next question, because as you were talking about understanding your why, understanding and really and truthfully taking the time to sit back and look at all the little baby steps or all the steps along the way that led you to be able to navigate that. Like you were just saying, like, oh, like, how am I going to get through the, the schoolwork? Well, I got through a bachelor's degree. I got through a master's degree. So let's take a moment to celebrate this. Yes, it's a new challenge, but I had to take a step up when I did the bachelor's. I had to take a step up when I did the master's. I'm pretty sure I can do. It leads to the question of asking, how often do you consciously take time to reflect on and appreciate the small joys and moments in your life? And those can be associated with wins, too. I don't do it often enough. But that's going to change. Me and Irina, we are, we going we gonna to change that. But I don't do it enough. But I will say I do sit and I just, I have a moment of, man, I would have presented at that conference and blah, blah, blah. Or I had this going at work and they thought they were going to win. Like they thought they had me. But I came out on top still. Like I do stop and celebrate little wins. Even this past week, I was like, I went, to, I drove to school. I'm an awful driver audience and I have a basket to that direction. But I drove to school at back home without using my GPS. And I sent a text. That's a big accomplishment. That's a big accomplishment. I was like, girl, I didn't use no GPS today. And I was so excited. I was so happy. To most people, you go once or twice, but you got the route down pat. For me, it takes a while. And I was just so happy and I'm answering a question. I'm, I'm going to ask y'all later on, but I'll refer back to this answer 
This is what I'm saying right now at that time. But it made me feel so good. And I was like, damn, I'm really shaking this more often. Whenever I'm doing something good, I made the compliment stop and be like, you know what? Where did you get that? That was all you did that. Congrats to you. So not enough, but definitely going to start more. I love it. What about you, Arena? I don't even be noticing them. Because sometimes, uh, yeah, I know what I'm going to do. What's that? I'm going to find my why, and I will put that up. And every little small win that I can get to my why, I'm going to try and acknowledge that. Yeah. It got me thinking. I got a lot of stuff that I got to do for my stuff. You got time now because we're not going to be on social media for hours. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you said about how, like, you feel like confusion because you wasn't living in your purpose. And then once you started living in your purpose, that confusion went away. I think my confusion is I don't know what to be proud of with myself because I see so much of the negatives. It feels so much of the negatives. So it's like, how do you be proud if you feel more of that? But there are the little positives that, you know, I do have to acknowledge reflect on and think about and really do some mindful. I'm going to do some stuff when I get off this call. I wrote a, I wrote a blog post I ran in here. I'm going to send it out in September. Good at school counselors, but it talks about having your wine at the forefront of your mind. It, As I was writing it and just think about it, it is so important to have your wine. Otherwise, it's just, it's, it's so easy to be like, fuck this, I ain't doing that. And it got hard, I'm going to go. I'm going to go take a nap. But if you have a why in front of your mind, and one thing I talk about is having a visual representation of your mind. My office always try to keep some kind of why. And uh, I have a photo album on my phone. Like, I call it Puppet Portfolio. And it's just pictures of me and my kid from the Black History Program. I put on from the Not My Flag. It's a protest to the state flag, the International Mississippi which happened uh, in 2020. So that was a win. But I keep those things. There's, and it's like, it has to keep my why in front of my mind. And it also, when you talk about not recognizing the moments, because I do that too, it puts the moments right in my face. It puts those wins right in my face. You know what? Yes, I made connections there. Like I still hear from these kids. This child is now doing this. Maybe I played a part of that in my class when I was a teacher. So having a visual representation is going to help so much. It's going to really help because it's going to put it right there in your face. How did you go about developing this idea of putting visual representations? Because I think when it comes to forming habits, right, like we all got to try different things and whatever sticks is what works. Just like what we were talking about earlier when it comes to like fitness and working out, there's running, biking, all these different kind of things. And some things just come to you naturally and some things you got to put a little bit of work toward. So I guess in your journey and identifying what really works for you, like how many things did you try or how many things were you willing to try before you identify what was going to be working? I tried a lot of stuff. I already mentioned mindfulness. I am fascinated by mindfulness. I took a class on it in college and uh, my master's program. I want to use it in the schools with the kids. However, my brain is just, my mind is so all over the place. It's hard for me to be mine. And I haven't quite gotten it yet. I'm still working on it because it's so powerful. It is so, like, if anybody who's listening who is not familiar with mindfulness, read some John Cabot. Then, like, it is so powerful with pain, 
anxiety, anything, but I'm still working on it. So what I had to do is I knew I had to have something that when I stared off at the space where I looked, it could immediately bring me to it. And so that's why I came up with the visual representation. So if I look at it, I'm now focused in on these wins or this thing that's going to bring me some peace or some joy. I just can't sit and stop and close my eyes and be going to do some deep breathing. And I think about it. I have to look at it. So it just came with some trial and error. It also came with me knowing, hey, just because my office is working for Jan Lemon and she is to catch me out for her, it may not be my thing right now. Or it may not be my thing ever. I need the Bible works for me. And although mine is very simple, it works for me. It just works. I love it. I love it. I know that we have a few more minutes left. So I was wondering if we could pivot towards that question that you wanted to ask or you mentioned that you wanted to ask earlier. Oh, I have two actually. And I really, I'm interested in hearing from you on this, reflecting on your personal journey. Have you noticed any connections between your gratitude practice and your relationship with others? And how has like expressing in for a minor moment impacted your interactions? The way I give gratitude to others have allowed me to understand who's really in my corner. There are times where Life is stressful for me to where I'm not able to show up or be there. And sometimes people take that pause of me always being there for them. It's like personal as go, I'm choosing other things before before them. And it allows me to reflect and see you like a lot of attention, whether it's giving it back. And that has allowed me to part ways with a certain friendship. And it has also shown me that when I do stop, there are people that come up and be like, hey, you okay? Because they're noticing. And I'm like, either that I've taken a pause or that I've changed and you care, then they step up and give me, fill my cup. And so that is how, what I learned through my acts of service to others and how it comes back or it don't come back. And yeah, I think that's it. Did, you, did I answer it? Yeah. And oh. it's made me, it has made me think about been in my own life. Yeah. When I am not showing up this and smile, how people are like, they get upset. Or they feel like worry. Yeah. And those who are like, hey, you good? I just said, I ain't heard from you. Why don't this you okay? And they step up. And back to my second favorite white lady in the world, Grenade, she talked about how her and her husband, like marriage is not 50, it's 100. And she said, where they're coming, they come home, he'll say, listen, I'm in about a 30. And she says, okay, I got the other stand. Or she's at a 20 and he's at a 30. She said, they sit down with uh, and they come up with a plan to show kindness to each And that plan may be what? If, if I'm at a 30, I'm going to be irritable about this. So when you leave the light on in the kitchen, it's going to piss me out. Where my plan for Titus may be, you know what? I'm not going to, I'm going to take a pause before I say something to him about my own. So I think we're the plan for each whatever. And I think when people do stuff like that, or they show up for you, like, hey, what's up? Are you good? Well, I tell you what, how about me and you go to Shelby Farm and let's take a walk today. You know, we ain't got to talk what's going on. Let's just take a walk, music, blah, blah. To me, those are the to be in our corner. And I know just thinking about all the times when I've been work back, but people who did do that and people who did do that and whether or not I allowed them to remain in my life. And if I did, why? 
So you, ha- I have to do some thinking. Yeah, I have to show up. I have to do some thinking. All that. Thank you for that answer. Yeah, yeah. Also, thinking about tough situations and powering through the the hows, Melvin. I want you to think about a time that you've had to has practicing gratitude ever helped you get through a challenging situation, and how did focusing all the positives or like the small wins help you? Or how did it affect your like problem solving skills and resilience. So what I mean, like challenges here, did you practice gratitude to get through the challenge and how did that help you? Like how did it shift your perspective? Yeah. So for the example that I have in mind, I don't want to necessarily share a challenge, but I do want to share a moment where there was an incident where an individual did something that conflicted with my value. And because of the individual, it had significant impact. And so with that, I had to take the moment and to realize, do I want to like abruptly say, oh, this is against my value um, and I'm going to just pivot out? Or do I want to make a gradual shift? And because when you recognize something, when you're in the midst of the storm, it's you can't necessarily always just turn back around and say, okay, I'm not going to go that way. Sometimes you have to ride a storm out. And For me in that situation, I had to do that and just take it. I had to take the opportunity to be present, to appreciate the small things that though the entire circumstance and situation was not aligning, there had to be some things that allowed me to get through that situation or that circumstance and not come out mad on the other end. I might not win it and be 10 out of 10, but I don't want to come out of it feeling depleted. And so for me, what I had to do was just, like I was saying, um, just take a moment at any time that I felt like, oh, this is upsetting me. Like take a moment like, okay, where am I? Is there anything about this situation that I enjoy? Is there anything about situation I can make this more enjoyable for me? And really trying to take more control of the, my action to the situation. Of course, that's good. Like, and like what you said, sometimes you can't get out of the storm. Sometimes you have to ride the storm out. What is that they're saying? People like to say we, we grow through or we go through. Grow through or we go through. Yeah, sometimes, and I had to, I remember God telling me one time, we always, I always pray, get me out of this. And sometimes you need to shift your prayer to, okay, help me see the lesson of this and show me like how you're developing me through this. Because we, we, when you, come out of the storm and you exit the storm and you don't learn the lesson, honey, it just shows up another way. Like you, you still, at some point, you're going to have to learn that lesson. So you need to learn it now. I believe you need to learn it now or you learn it in the six months when it presents itself again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I could, I really could ask like five more questions. I'm not though. Y'all know I'm here with my car. <laughs> and I'm, I'm telling you, highs, like it's just so wonderful. These cars, it is pop- everything about it is just wonderful. Whatever you are going through, you are growing through. That's exactly what you just said. That's right? what I just said. I like the, I don't know if y'all can see this picture, but you see the lady, like, he's slick. It's like depicting her growing and stuff. So I think that's beautiful. And on the back, it says, your mistakes and struggles are opportunities for growth. Nothing is happening to you but rather it's happening for you. Take a moment and have gratitude for your current experiences. Observe and breathe. You got this, friend. 
And I just think that is so appropriate for this conversation. I think my favorite line is that nothing is happening to you, but happening for you. And I can think about my own, hey, Zaire. I think of my own personal experiences and challenges I had that led me to come into this, get into this program. And all the things that I thought was happening to me, they were happening to me, they really were happening for me. They provided me with so many lessons and so many tidbits and just helped me build my resilience and, and fortitude. So nothing is happening to us. It's always happening for us. Observe and breathe. Take a moment to practice gratitude. Say, girl, I, that, I did that this, I did yesterday. It was a hard day, but I came home. I cooked. I cleaned up. Even though I was tired, like little stuff like that. We have to give ourselves gratitude, show ourselves gratitude for things like that. Observe and breathe because we got it. We got this. Well, thank you, everyone. I think that we had some really great conversation today, and I hope that we can take these lessons and perspectives and can move forward. I hope you all have a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye. In the tapestry of personal transformation, the Pawn Journal Club weaves its threads with intention and purpose, providing a dedicated space where individuals can embark on their transformative journeys with mindfulness and deliberation. By creating this nurturing environment, the club empowers participants to be intentional in their pursuit of growth, fostering a deeper connection with themselves and others. The purpose of the Pawn Journal Club is to provide individuals with a dedicated space to be intentional in their engagement with their transformation journeys. It offers support, connection, and inspiration as participants share their stories, learn from one another, and foster a community rooted in growth. Within the live sessions, individuals find solace and support as they navigate their transformations. They share their stories, vulnerabilities, and triumphs, knowing that they are met with understanding and empathy. Their shared experience cultivates a sense of community where members uplift and inspire one another, fostering an environment of collective growth. Want to participate in the next Journal Club? Register at dpkpodcast.com or watch live via YouTube at www.youtube.com forward slash at the Pond Journal Club.